Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, claims of the paranormal. No, no, no. We take part ourselves. Yep. When they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. And I'm Clint Ober. Hi, Clint. Hello. Hello. It's me. I found it grounding. Your Clint Ober impersonation is as good as my impersonation. (laughs) No, it's me, Carrie Poppy. We'll introduce Clint in just a bit, but if you've been following along, we've been talking about earthing. Earthing. Grounding. Grounding. And if you haven't been listening to the earthing series, it's a pretty simple concept. The idea is that you need to be connected to the ground, and that's how our ancient predecessors evolved on this earth. They had constant contact with the ground with their bare feet. But now Nowadays, we're in these buildings with carpets and synthetic materials. We wear rubber-soled shoes. Oh, the worst thing that's ever happened to mankind. And they keep us out of contact with the natural earth. And the natural earth contains electrons that we need flowing into our feet to be our best selves. They're healing. They reduce inflammation. So that was kind of the gist of what we learned from our earthing investigation. By all means, if you haven't heard it, go back, take a listen. Those are the previous two episodes to this one. We've been trying a lot of earthing products. We've told you a bit about our adventure so far, but we kept mentioning that it would be really nice to talk to somebody involved with this earthing movement. Yeah, really get to the ground source. So we thought, well, who better than the founder and discoverer (laughs) of earthing? And that is Clint Ober. A Clint Ober. Clinton Ober, depending on where you're looking. But we tried first emailing their their press email, and that went nowhere. Yep. But then we just wrote their main question line. And Olivia, the executive assistant to Clint Ober, wrote us back. Yeah, and she set us up with an appointment. She said, yeah, Clint, will be happy to talk to you. And we picked out a day, and we picked out a time, and I asked, can we do it in person? Well, I thought that might be an interesting test, especially in these times. So we're just coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic, at least here in California. And everybody's still just a little sketchy about meeting in person. At least usually it takes a bit of conversation, but mainly the questions were about where to meet. So as long as we were willing to drive out there and there turned out being in Palm Springs. Yes. Or thereabouts. Thereabouts, Yeah. Yeah. Don't need to get too into California geography here. But yeah, for us, that's like a two and a half hour drive Mm -hmm. into the the very hot and dry part of California. It was over 100 degrees. It was. It was 105 when we got there. Uh, Ooh, doggy. That is warm. We'd agreed to meet at one o'clock and we weren't sure exactly where we were going to end up, but it was Earthing Headquarters. Yeah, I knew because I had looked at this address before. Oh, you had? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I remember looking at it and going, Manufacturer's Road. All right. That's right. It was. (laughs) That's right. I did have kind of the mental image of this being a business park. I hadn't done like a street view check before, but that's exactly what we drove up to, which was a business park. Yes. Uh, Kind of reminded me of going to Peter Popoff Headquarters. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I was expecting it to be one of these multi-unit buildings and here's the little section that belongs to earthing.com oh, right blink and you miss it holy moly this thing is huge it'd have to be a big blink to miss this building 
<laughs> yes, if you blink this long while you're driving, you will crash into a tree. <laughs> or that building. Oh my gosh, it's 30,000 square feet. Yeah, and how do we know this? Because he told us later. He told us. So, And uh, I hope they are unshod feet. So we showed up not wearing masks because we were curious. What will the reaction be? Had them in our pockets, though. And we've been vaccinated, so that was a safe thing. Yeah. But relatively safe thing to do. Uh, Yeah, we were initially, when we parked outside and stepped out into the blinding heat, we were greeted by Olivia. She was there. Mm -hmm. She asked us if we needed to pee, pee or poop. And we went upstairs to a room where she said we could put down our stuff. Mm -hmm. And Clint was there. Yeah. Oh, hey, Clint. Okay. Yeah. Talked about the air conditioning. Of course, they had that going full blast. Yes. Because the heat outside. It's so hot there. She had a cute little puppy, too. Yeah. Bodie. Oh, little sweetie, sweetie. Uh, So, yeah, I went to the bathroom. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. uh, I chatted with Clint a little bit while you were in there. I came out and you were in a luxury (laughs) reclining chair. He was already given the tour. Oh, yeah. The world had really changed for you while you were in the bathroom. Yeah. I told him not to say anything interesting. And he was saying interesting stuff. He was. Yeah, so when you went down, he said to me, I don't suppose you want like a tour. And I was like, is there anything interesting? And he <laughs> said, well, not, well, oh, no, follow me. So I followed him. <laughs> I did notice as he and I were descending the stairs that... I don't know how to say this because I would be polite, but like he walks like an older man. He has a little bit of a rigid posture. It seems like he's being delicate on like his lower legs. Um, Observation. Yeah. Yeah. The guy's in like his late 70s. It's certainly not out of the realm of expectation. And he seemed healthy for his age. But we had already been sort of reading a lot of these materials and hearing about earthing and how this is supposed to prevent inflammation. And I was thinking like, huh, uh, you know, your joints This doesn't joints look still... like someone who's yeah. about to do a bunch of backward <laughs> handsprings. Yeah, I don't think you're going to join Cirque du Soleil tomorrow. <laughs> but, you know, generally healthy guy. We went down the stairs and right away saw a line of framed... Covers. Book covers. Yeah. Yeah. Of this earthing book that we both have. In 14 different languages, though he said he knew there were at least 20, but I just counted the frames. There were okay. 14. But yeah, all in different languages. And this was kind of the main lobby entrance area. So yeah. you had the circular desk and it said earthing with their official logo in green. Yep. I don't think we've mentioned this earthing logo before. Very nice and green. Mm-hmm. It says earthing with a little registered trademark R. It's cute. Yeah, it's kind of like a very dark green at the bottom and then it fades up into a bright green. And on the eye, the eye is where the action happens. Mm-hmm. The eye the has has roots at the bottom and then it has what looks like a Wi-Fi signal mm-hmm. at the top on the dot of the eye. Which is kind of funny given that they're pretty anti-EMF. But Right. It does suggest uh, wireless <laughs> signals yeah and then we walked into like a showroom kind of area and they had a bed set up where they had a grounding mattress pad on the bed and then they had two spa chairs that both massage you and ground you Uh, could also be heated if you wanted but who would want that in this moment so they invited me to go sit in the chairs and i was like hell yeah So I went and sat in the massage chair and oh boy, that felt nice. Apparently I was also being grounded, but I was not paying attention to that. I was paying attention to the nice vibrating motion. Clint was sitting over on a bed that was, this felt like a little showroom essentially. It was just to the left of that main entrance area. And so I laid down next to him on the bed. It was very nice. Uh, You guys started making out. I was was going to say we spooned. 
quick. The, the making out came later. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. With the spooning. Was, no, none of that happened. Yeah, it seems like abrupt, <laughs> but hey. That you part know, was a it's lie. Palm Springs, baby. Just kidding. Sorry, Clint. Palm Springs, baby. This was a fully consensual interview and tour. <laughs> Of the Earthing building. Just want to lay that out there. Uh, yeah, Springs, baby. There, there was a second chair there, and so I got to try out the massage chair. Yeah, very nice. Now, you would think, how is this different from any other massage chair? Apparently, there are carbon threads woven into the fake leather of the massage chair that ground you. And sure enough, there's a little line running from the chair to an outlet, and it's just plugged into that grounding port. Oh, yeah. This just occurred to me, and I'm sure it occurred to you before, and I just need it cleared up. But if the grounding just requires being plugged into that third little grounding plug, then when I touch anything that's plugged in, would I not be grounded? Well, as long as there's a conductive path right, from that grounding cable to you, I think in most right. electronics... It's intentionally kept from right. electrocuting me. Right. Yeah. You don't want to touch certainly those other connections. So Good at least point. in their okay. products, they're making sure that you're just getting a direct connection to the ground. Okay. Okay. So in this case, we've got not only the grounded plug that's providing the energy for the chair, but an additional grounding feature that supplies the grounding energy to the copper or whatever that's flowing through the chair. Yeah. Okay. And then he started saying, you know, interesting things about how those are all wired and how they work. We were like, oh, wait, 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 wait. We yeah, want yeah. to get you on mic. Yeah, wait a second. This is too interesting. <laughs> so then Clint passes by the door to a warehouse and at first, it seemed like he wasn't going to open it. But then he said something like, oh, maybe you'd want to see this. And he presses the door open just ever so slightly. And I was like, whoa, yes, we do. It's huge. It's massive. So I quickly got out my cell phone and took video of the next seven minutes. So we'll put that up on social media. There's pallets upon pallets of material he's showing us here's the piles of books on the right and then here's all of the information literature and here's all of the mattress covers and here's all of the various plugs for different countries it's like a i don't know kind of roaming through a costco or yeah a, totally <laughs> or an ikea with this guy who's telling us that this stuff moves all the time the, yep. he says there's always a boat coming in with new material and there's always stuff leaving so they're just, they're doing great business. They're mm -hmm. moving this product all the time. Yeah. And he did say that a lot of the raw materials come in from overseas because so much manufacturing has moved out of the States. Yeah. But then went on to say later that they do assemble most of those raw materials into what we would consider the final earthing product, either there at the facility or in South Carolina. He apparently has a, okay. a second facility. Yeah, the sense I got was that they're just taking these shipped materials and sort of plugging them together and putting in the little inserts and information and books that they give away and outlet connectors. They're sort of doing the assembled shipping packaging. I made a little joke about how, so it's all ground shipping. <laughs> He did not get that. He didn't. He's like, no. No, there's a lot of no, air we, shipping. We have to do a lot of air, and of course, but on, it's the, still, on the sea. But it's still ground Okay, well, ship. never mind. Oh, never mind. <laughs> um, I, was, I was proud of myself, and I appreciate that you appreciate it. Yeah, when this happens, and it happens a lot to both of us, we just look at each other, and we're like, I know I'm there. Yeah, all right. We're there. We're here together. As long as we get it, we're happy. 
Yeah, there was there was so much in there, and that conversation that you mentioned, where he was talking about them no longer producing stuff in America, they shipped over all the machines to weave the fabrics and everything over to China. It was so politically tinged. Like mm-hmm. if we poked at all, that conversation could have easily rocketed into the decline of American workmanship. Sure, but probably, and there would be little hints of political leanings in these. You'll hear this conversation. So yeah, he marched us on through. Through, uh, the warehouse and then we ducked into a little side door and went upstairs back up to that hot hot room yeah which at the time was very cool but yeah. he understood this is going to create a lot of noise yeah the air conditioner correct so he turned that off so as you listen to us just know that we are slowly heating up <laughs> in that are. room <laughs> yeah we are baking to the point where it is very hot and stifling at the end so kudos to everybody who got through that yeah and it went from about probably 70 when we walked in there to approaching 100. Clint is very generous with his time. Mm-hmm. He likes to tell stories, as he'll say. Mm-hmm. We'll do our best to kind of edit for flow and time. time's sake. But still, this was a very long interview. We were with him over two and a half hours total. Yeah. So what we decided to do is sort of break this conversation into two. Mm-hmm. And so you'll you'll hear some of the fun reveals. Mm-hmm. But trust me, there are more to come <laughs> in the follow-up part. Also, there may be some noises. He was kind of touching things on the table constantly. Yeah, and sort a little of bit of a fidgeter. Moving cables around and everything. So uh, just be aware of that if you, if you hear some noises. And as we were setting up, he had me put on a grounding pad on my hand because... Yes. He had. He, he was hoping one of us would have some sort of chronic inflammation problem. <laughs> right. So I said, well, I do get migraines, but, you know, I'm not having one right now. And he said, are, you know, are you having any pains right now? And I said, you know, my right shoulder has been hurting off and on, which is true. It seems like one of those things where you slept on it wrong one night and then okay. for the next six days, you're yep. like, Arr. Yep, yep. So it's that kind of pain. It's not terrible. I have to sort of think about it to access it. But we had to but, think about it. He was asking us for pain. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, yeah, you know, I give it a one or a two, but it's there. So he said, great, let's put this grounding pad sticky thing on your hand on your right hand yeah it's like a big foam nipple (laughs) it is with the sticky pad and of course a little metal nub that's touching your palm it looks like if you get like an ekg or right um you're getting surgery and they have to monitor your heartbeat those kind of things it's that thing where you are in a wild car chase you, right. you conk out, you okay. wake up, and then oh. you look down and, what's this thing on my hand? And you rip it off and you run out of the hospital. Is that a movie? A particular movie? It's every movie. Okay. Every, every action movie. movie. <laughs> it's every movie. Exactly. So um, I was in that movie. And so he, he connected it to my right palm, which is quite a distance from my right shoulder. But apparently that's the best sort of entry point well, to my right arm. As we know, and Clint will remind us, electrons move at the speed of light. So it don't matter now. Yeah, it doesn't matter now. <laughs> So you may also hear chords and a little bit of shuffling of paper and stuff. And that's just us trying to deal with these various apparatuses. Uh, Apparati. Yeah, we are surrounded by it. And even he was making jokes about all of these wires that Mm -hmm. we're surrounded by. And he says, well, there's nothing we can do about that. And then we brought extra goodies, and you'll hear about some of them mm-hmm. as we go through this conversation. We're very excited for you to hear this. There are some fun revelations along the way. And here's Clint Ober. See you in a sec. Well, thank you, Clint Ober. Good to have you here. Thank you, Ross. Good to be here. It, yeah, I, I assume you prefer Clint rather than Clinton? Yes. Okay. Only your mother calls you Clinton. Yes. 
<laughs> Unless somebody wants trouble, then they can call me something else. <laughs> I noticed that on your books, some of them say A. Clinton Ober. What's the A for? Well, I tell everybody Aloysius, but it's actually Audrey. Oh, but wow. growing but growing up, Audrey Hepburn and that oh, crowd, right. you know, so it was kind of a girl's name, so I, I chose <laughs> to go by my middle name. Okay, fair. So, I was just reading a biography of the German poet born as Rene Maria Rilke. Oh, yeah. And I would I assume pick, that was a woman. I picked yeah. up the book thinking, oh, woman. And yeah, eventually he went by Renier, but he kept the Maria Rilke. But anyway. Uh, okay. Okay. So first question, I've, I have here one of the earthing mats. Uh-huh. Now, would you say that you are able to tell if you are connected to the ground versus not? Can you tell the personally. difference personally? Personally. Yeah, it takes a few minutes. Does it? Would you Would you mind if I had you demonstrate that by using the mat? You mean personally putting my hand on it? And, yeah, and you know, give you a few minutes, but let us know, yeah, this is grounded or this is not grounded. Well, I don't know if I can tell for sure, but go ahead. Yeah, let's try it. Okay. I'm sitting on a grounded mat. So. Oh, good point. Since he's sitting on a grounded <laughs> oh, mat, yeah, should maybe, we maybe take that one? Yeah, let's move that one for now. This is not plugged in. Oh, you can tell with that. Okay. Well, I'm wondering if you can tell with just you. Uh, this, that's, oh. a, that's a good test, though. Okay, so now tell me if it's plugged in or not. No, it's plugged in. Okay. okay. All right, so I'm curious to, to know if you, without that, can figure it out. Got to so, make sure I wasn't being tricked there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I like it. I, I like your style. But to say results are immediate and self-evident, so yes. we'll, well see. that's why the thing that's really self-evident mm-hmm. is if you have chronic inflammation. Yeah. Right. Or if you just sprained a toe or a thumb, you had a laceration or a scrape. Yeah. You know, you have the oxidative, that hot burning pain. So if you ground yourself, then your body becomes flooded with free electron from the earth. Then it reduces the reactive oxygen species that are causing that oxidation of the repair area. Well, great. Okay. Well, sounds like we've got a fun little protocol here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to flip a coin and then I'll leave it either plugged or unplugged, depending on, you know, heads means grounded, tails will mean not grounded. And then we'll ask you after a while if you feel it's grounded or not. Mm -hmm. Sounds Sounds good good to me. Okay. Okay. Can we use patches? (laughs) Do you prefer patches too? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just feed it over here. This will be a fun demo. A lot of our studies we use patches because people can't sit still. I'm going to reflip the coin here. You've got the patch on your. I am patched. We'll give you a few minutes each time and then you can let us know. Yeah. I'll admit when I did the map for the first time for about a week, I was not using the right side of it. Oh. <laughs> I was using the non-conductive side. Because it was so pretty and blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then Ross pointed it out and I was like, oh, okay. I flipped it back yeah. over, started using it correctly. Yep. If you get a sense whether you're plugged in or not, let me know. Uh, but we can let it sit well, for a while. I, I think it's plugged in. Okay, you feel it's plugged in right now? I okay. So. I think so. All right. You can feel. But so what do you feel? Well, normally you can feel a little sensation in your, in your arm. Oh, okay. And you can feel that now? Yeah, just like you should be able to feel a little bit of... I okay. mean, mostly I feel like a tickling on my hand. Yeah, that's that means you're grounded. Oh, okay. okay. I would have thought that was just the... Um, adhesive itself but maybe it is okay i'm gonna i'm gonna do another coin flip here okay this is new i've never had anybody do this before okay fine (laughs) all right well uh we can keep the conversation going but every now and then we'll check in with you well, first of all, this is amazing to have you here because we've been hearing about you and reading about you for several weeks now as we've done our own digging into the earth. Yeah. And you have such a fascinating backstory. So you started out as, for lack of a better term, a cable guy. Right. I started out in the communications industry, primarily cable television. Yeah. How did you fall into that? Well, when I was young, I was I grew up in Montana. Right. And cable TV started in the, you know, in the hilly country of Montana and Pennsylvania. And so 
so we started running, you know, television started to become popular. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people who lived on the other side of the mountain couldn't see it mm. or couldn't get the signal. Oh, right. So they would put an antenna up on a mountaintop, and then they would run wires down the hill and then connect them to, you know, a cable or a right. twin lead antenna wire. People could point their antenna at that, and then they could pick up a faint, fuzzy signal. Uh -huh. <laughs> but that's where cable started. Okay. So I, I have a pretty steep background in the early days of cable television. Trying to get reliable signals. Right. High bandwidth uh, communication in hilly countries. Yeah. I have to have shielded cables to keep the signals in and to keep the environmental signals out. Mm. Uh, we had to ground and then shield. The wind would create static charge and all that kind of stuff, so we had to ground it to eliminate the static. And then if there's lightning or anything in the area, the whole system is conductive, so yeah. you have to ground it before it goes into any house. So you already had a very professional commitment to grounding long yeah. before any of this happened. Yeah, I spent 30 years in the communications industry, and I used to own one of the largest contract firms. It was called Telecrafter Corporation. I think it's now Wegner. But anyhow, all we did was when they were building out the cable systems, then we would send large crews from one town to the next to do all of the installations because town had 10,000 people and 2,000 people wanted cable all at once. Well, sure. you couldn't hire and train local people. You had to have a professional mm. team come in. So we had like 500 plus trucks, a dozen of them each going to city to city to clear the backlogs on the installation of the cable. We had in Kalispell, Montana, we had a school where you could, where we planted posts in the grounds, teach people how to climb a pole, how to run a cable to the house, mm. tie it off, run it down, and then drive a ground rod into the earth, attach the cable to the, to a ground block, and then attach the other side of it and go into the cable, into the TV set. What are some okay. of the common mistakes and pitfalls that you'd have to warn people about? Don't do this, watch out for that. You know, it's like when you're, first of all, climbing a pole yeah. is hazardous. Mm. So you have to teach them how to climb poles and keep their legs from knocking <laughs> so they can do the work that they're supposed to do when they're up there. But it's main getting them in physical shape, keeping them clean and sober on the job. Okay. Because oh, sure. there's a lot of Just young people traveling. Human problems. Human problems. But the main thing is paying attention to, I mean, we had a uniform code on how to do an install. You always had to have straight lines. People don't see straight lines, but if it's off an inch, then everybody will notice it. <laughs> oh, just visually. Yeah, a okay. wire going down the side. And then the main thing is you go in the house and drill the hole inside out, because when you drill outside in, you're not for sure where it's going. Oh, good point. <laughs> oh, right. Yep, okay. yep. Okay. Yep. And, uh, you know, just a whole bunch of things. But I developed many things, cable, you know, enclosures, all kinds of things. So they had a good-looking install when we left town serviceable and and to prevent pirates from stealing cable which everybody did oh sure. that's still days. a problem right yeah uh, everyone wants copper no they actually wanted to steal the signal but oh oh i see just like steal yeah. the playboy channel yeah today they have you know the modems and the fancy boxes so you can't steal the cable uh, you can't steal the signal anymore shucks <laughs> <laughs> so how old were you about when we're talking about you setting up this business uh, i think i started when i was like 23 oh really young okay. wow okay yeah. did you have a family yeah, just starting. You know. Okay. Yeah. That was over 50 years ago total. <laughs> Goodness, yeah. Okay, See, so now we know you're over 73. Um, so I'll be 76 on July 14th. Oh. <gasps> I'm July 13th. Oh, well, cool. Hey, happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> do you believe in astrology? Well, I do, but I don't know about in the sense that everybody does what they do with it, but I understand that everything influences everything. You know, all the planets do have an impact on us, okay. on, on the Earth. Yeah, it's a very significant. So you and I are both cancers then so we're creative and empathetic 
And I don't know anything and else. And I'm a Leo, and I don't know anything about any of that. Oh, Leos are Typical the Leo. you're the dynamic like show offs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Leo the lion. <laughs> okay, well, just to keep the the study going, would you say that you've been plugged in, or that you're not plugged in? Oh, I don't think I'm plugged in. Okay, so I'm going to register that. Then we'll do another coin flip. Yeah, I wouldn't have a clue, but I don't, I don't think. <laughs> okay. No, no, this is good. Okay, I sleep grounded every night. It really works when you got pain. Right. Just like if you raise your well. Yeah, Hand up now. Uh-huh. You have more range of motion. I mean, I still feel the pain. Well, of course you do. Mm-hmm. So in the documentary, I think you mention that you hit kind of a turning point as you were doing this cable work where you were going to a lot of parties, you mentioned, and then suddenly you had a health crisis. Yep. In the book, you go into a little more detail. You say it was a problem with your kidney. Can you kind of tell us what happened? We were a little... I thought it was the liver. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. The li- yeah. That, okay. That's yeah, I correct. was, uh, I think, 49, going on 50. Okay. I wasn't an alcoholic, but I did run a business. But you've been doing this for a couple decades now. Yeah, and I was, uh, (laughs) we were attending a lot of Christmas parties that year. About the middle of December, I started getting sick. Mm. And then I would go back to the doctor every few days, and they would draw some blood and do this or whatever. I'd go back, and they say, well, they ruled out this, they ruled out that. So anyhow, after about two weeks of that, one Sunday, everything started turning yellow in my eyes and everything, and... I just, the, the walls were kind of rubbery. I oh, goodness. This sounds yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was bad. And I could barely get out of bed to get to into the car. And and they took me to the uh, urgent care, trauma care. And uh, it took a, a little bit to get in. But after I was in, they put me in a CAT scan because they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And they found an abscess in my liver. Okay. And they took a like a needle about that long. Ooh, I mean, okay. Clint's holding up his fingers a good two over, feet apart. Oh, well over a foot apart, yeah. Uh, they stuck it in right here. Okay, right and, under your rib, yeah. And went into the liver. Ooh. Ooh, while and you're I, awake. Well, I was semi-awake, yeah. Yeah, oh my gosh. Because we had a CAT scan and everything. And then aye, they, aye. they actually, well, they had to pull the abscess out. Oh. Yeah. They, drained, oh. they drained the abscess. Wow. My goodness. Clint, oh my God. And, uh, do you know what the source was of this? Well, that's, so the next morning, one of the docs comes in, it was an infectious disease doc, I think. He said, well, we have some good news and some not so good news. I said, okay. He said, the good news is we found out what it is. He said, have <laughs> that's you. That's a way to frame it. Okay. Yeah. He said, have you been to a dentist lately? Or has oh. any, no, has anybody bitten you? Have oh, you, okay. Have you been bitten? Two very different that's questions. That's not a question you want to be asked in this situation. <laughs> no. And I said, No. And uh, to my knowledge, then he asked me if I'd been to a dentist. And I said, yes, a month or maybe five, six weeks earlier, Uh I went in and had a root canal. Okay. And anyhow, he said, well, the bacteria that's in your liver came from the mouth. Oh, uh uh-huh. He says, so something to do with the dental workout. Probably got into your system. Your immune system was compromised because of the holiday season. Just the stress of the holiday season or? Or diseases being passed around. A lot of people will get the same kind of thing with their heart. Oh, okay. Didn't after, know that. After dental cleaning or a lung sometimes. Yeah. We're so, just trying to mentally connect this to the holidays. What's the connection? Well, the there? holidays, you go out and you, you drink too much and you eat a lot of strange okay. food. Okay. Ah, okay. <laughs> got it. You know, and, and a lot of food some stress on your like system. You probably shouldn't be eating. Got it. Okay. But a lot of it could be hygienic. Alcohol and whatnot. Yeah, hygienic and all that kind of stuff. So anyhow, I said the bad news was that I was young enough. There was significant damage. They said they're, you're young enough to get a new lever. But you don't have time. To wait for it. There was nothing more they could do there, so they sent me home. And I was on IVs all the time I was home. And then a nurse came once or twice a day to do different 
drips and all that kind of stuff. Wow. And after I was home for antibiotics or something. After I was home for a few days, and he told me, he said, you got to go home and get your house in order Mm. because there's no assurance. Yeah. The damage was significant in the main lobe of the liver. Oh, my goodness. Scary. And so anyhow, then uh, a couple of days later, the doc called. He says, we have a young surgeon in Swedish Medical Center. Uh, They're interested. uh, They'd like to do experiments, see if they can go in and cut out all of the liver that is damaged. See if you recover, yeah. <laughs> because I could, there's no way I could get a new liver, right? And, and on a timely basis. So <clears throat> anyhow, I went in. They um, cut out a, the big lobe in your liver has six little areas, like six different places that where it expanded throughout evolution. Mm-hmm. Okay, bigger little and bigger. Sacks. Uh-huh. They cut out all of it except for the one main lobe right next to the artery, attached to the artery, Ooh, and, and the rest of it they took out. And the other side over here, that kind of cleaned up pretty good once I was on the antibiotics and everything. And then I was able to start walking. Every day I could walk a couple, three or four steps further. Had no energy. But within six months, I could walk a mile. And how I did yeah. it, there was a 7-Eleven about a mile away from where I lived. <laughs> Good and target. I, and I knew they had those donuts, those glazed donuts. Oh, yeah. And, and I was just craving. Got <laughs> a goal in mind. Okay. And so finally, I made it to 7-Eleven. At the end of the stick. And I didn't make it back that day, but um, <laughs> had to have somebody come get me. Oh. But anyhow, over a period of a year, my liver grew back, or I think it was six months, the liver grew back 100% wow. in Excellent. size. Wow. Excellent. And that was a significant I didn't yeah. know we could do that as yeah. humans. Amazing. Yeah. Now, I don't have those recision pockets anymore. I only have one big piece, but it's the same size That's great. as the original liver. Amazing. So I have a 26, 27 year old liver. Pretty cool testament oh, to the right. body's oh, liver. healing yeah. ability. Or younger than my liver, rather. Yeah. What's that? Oh, younger than my liver. Yeah. <laughs> So it's um. I mean, before that time, I was running a, a large company, my yeah. own company. When you have a big company and you have like 500 employees or more, and then all of a sudden your whole life is about keeping them employed and then fighting mm-hmm. off the the law. I mean, you know, the lawsuits. Oh, from employees. Sure. You when you hmm. go to certain cities like Chicago, you have to hire so many local people. Oh, uh-huh. In order to do a, a contract, and you know the city requires that. Sure. Well, back then, you had to hire those people and tell them to go home and come in at the end of every two weeks and pick up their paycheck and bring in your own crews from Montana or wherever to get the work done. And then they if they did go to work, work, if they did go to work, they were going to get hurt within two or three weeks and you were going to be inundated with lawsuits. So it sounds like you were drowning in red tape. Yeah. So finally, that was about the same time. And that's when I said, you know, I think I've had enough because I had 10 employees and I was making more money per month than I was having 500 employees. Oh, wow. And so I sold the company to the employees and I never went back to work after that liver surgery. I just said, there's got to be something more to life than... It sounds like you had kind of a reset in your life. Yeah, I did. I, I remember uh, one night after that surgery, or just kind of in the morning, I woke up and I looked out, out the window and I and I saw the trees were everything like everything was vibrant, you know, vibrant color. Mm-hmm. The green needles on the pine tree and the sky was more of a vibrant blue, but it was way past the drugs, so I didn't think it was nothing like that. <laughs> the and shrooms you know, I, were out of my system. I, I was living in a 5,000-square-foot, two-bedroom home in... Evergreen, Colorado, in a kind of an A-frame log home. Sounds nice. Overlooking, I could see the veil, I think. <laughs> see, I, I kind of looked around, and I, when I went through that process of nearly you know, packing it in, <laughs> then all of a sudden, well, who's going to take care of this? What's going to ah. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, when I recovered, then I realized that, that my whole life was about 
collecting all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And as mm-hmm. I recall, you got rid of it, let your kids come and grab what they wanted, yeah. sold the rest. I told them to come get what they want, and then I gave away the rest. You got, a, you got an RV. I think you spent some time in L.A., but you eventually ended up in Sedona. I sold the home in um, Evergreen, Colorado, and I bought an RV. I just took off, and I traveled for four years. Wow. I went to Montana first, where I'm from. I spent a lot of time with my kids, and then across the northern into New York. And I would stop there for a few weeks at nice national parks. Or, yeah. And then I ended up down in Key Largo, Florida. Oh, okay. I even bought a little boat so I could go place to place and have dinner or go get groceries. Everything you do on the boat. Mm. <laughs> okay. When I left, of course, I sold the boat to the next guy that moved into the do RV. You, <laughs> do you still own an RV? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. That's a and, um, convert. It's got a key in it, and you can go out and start it and change your attitude, change your latitude type stuff, you know. How often do you need to get in the RV and just kind of get away? As, much, as often as I can, not as often as I would like, because now the parks are overloaded, and it's hard to even get into the mm-hmm. national parks, the traffic. Yeah. So you have to go in the off-season, pretty much. You mentioned your kids. How many kids do you have? I have four daughters. Four daughters? Yes. Oh, wow. And how old are they? My oldest is like... 52. My okay. youngest is like 44. Okay. Okay. I see you've got a wedding ring on. You have a spouse? Uh, no, I'm not married. Oh, okay. Oh, just no. a coincidental finger. No, that's kind of um, made of wood and oh, seashell and yeah. whatever. It, it, it keeps... Um, it, keep, it keeps... Uh, it's safe to do this. <laughs> safe to do what? That. The, to show you're off the market? Yeah, I'm not off the market. I'm okay. 77. You may have... Oh, <laughs> You're, oh, I see. So that that keeps the ladies off. Well, yeah. Sorry, Carrie. Okay, it's fine. It's, it's fine. It's, it's fine. It's, I'll have you know it, I'm engaged, so you didn't need to. But no, it's it's great to visit and have fun and all that kind of stuff. But that's it, folks. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. I'm married to earthing, and I will until the day I die. And your your children are they? How do they feel about earthing? Uh, they all use it. Um, do they get free product? <laughs> pretty much. So. Are they on payola? <laughs> no. Yeah, they they pretty much get uh, stuff that I can send to them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's do a quick check-in. Do you feel plugged in right now or not plugged in? I don't feel like I'm plugged in. Okay. I'll do another coin flip. Carrie, ask a question. Okay. <laughs> so uh, one thing that I was curious about, you mentioned inflammation, and I can't now recall if it was in the book or the film, but one of those said that it was pretty much impossible to have inflammation in the body while you're grounded. Right. Do I have that right? Yes. So if I were plugged in all the time, I wouldn't have any inflammation at all? Um, No, you wouldn't. If you were grounded 24-7, lived on the earth like we did for millions of years, Mm -hmm. all of our progenitors. Uh, Let me put it in perspective. Take a look at the animal world. Animals who live in the wild don't have chronic inflammation. Maybe temporary inflammation? They, They might have an injury. Okay. Okay. Uh, That's inflammation. But for instance, let me uh, tell you a couple of stories. I, I do best with stories. <clears throat> One time when when I was in Montana, we were uh, there was a snowstorm. We were going out and checking on on the cattle. Uh, we came upon this one cow that's kind of away from the herd, and rode over to her and looked at her, and she had a calf that was laying on the ground. Mm. And what had happened is the intestines had been her stomach had been torn mm. and then mm. part of the intestines were actually falling out oh god and so the Oof. calf was just laying there sure and uh, so my dad went over looked at her took his hands pushed the pushed intestines back back, in. back into the yeah. calf grabbed some leather needle type stuff sutured uh, the yeah, wound thread you know thread like your saddle Stitches, thread yeah. and yeah. went over and just sewed her up like that we couldn't do anything because we couldn't carry her on a saddle 
and you couldn't, mm-hmm. um, it was too far to carry her. Mm-hmm. So we just left her. And my dad says, she'll live or she'll die. Uh-huh. And a couple of weeks later, I was out there, and here's this same calf out there running around with the rest oh, of them. Good. She had a wound, wow. thing, but she didn't have to go to the emergency room. She didn't have any antiseptic, anesthetics. So it sounds like nature was still pretty dangerous, but inflammation wasn't the problem. No. Uh, but anyhow, uh, what I'm getting at is that animal wasn't laying there bawling, crying, or anything. It was just laying there. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I've also seen dogs that are injured, you know, really severely injured. They'll go and they'll lay down underneath a porch or in, on the dirt or something, and they lay there, but they don't howl like a, like a human would, you know, like cry like a woman. Mm. Uh, cats. I've seen a lot of injured animals in my time, and they don't have the same... And I've had a lot of people tell me, well, animals are different than humans. They have a different kind of immune system, I mean, or a Mm. different kind of a pain threshold. And then I learned in my own experience, as soon as, if you had flaring arthritis, Mm -hmm. if you had lupus, Mm -hmm. MS, Parkinson's, any of them, if you were sitting here like that, I'd put a patch on it, and within a minute, you'd be calmed down like that. Really? Yeah. Okay. uh, But anyhow, so if you had hot burning arthritis in your wrist, which is common, Mm -hmm. or in your hand, put a patch on it like this, within five, ten minutes, that pain is going to be gone. What causes pain, first of all, most people do not know what causes pain. When I first started the research on grounding and earthing, uh, the first thing I looked at was, because in our first study, my own self-experiments, the thing that I noticed fast was pain resolved quite quickly. You ground the body and the pain goes away, and I couldn't figure out why. Goes Uh, away entirely. Yeah. Okay. What happens is then uh, eventually I found out that, you know, I started looking in the literature to try to find out the cause of pain. The cause of pain in the medical literature back in the year 2000 was cause unknown, cause of MS unknown, cause of cancer unknown, cause of anything, cause was unknown. Mm -hmm. Okay, 204, they said inflammation. If you have any, you don't have any health disorder, what you have is chronic inflammation and it manifests differently in different people based on their lifestyle and their living environments. So you would say that all of these conditions that you're naming are modern creations or or symptoms of the modern world? Well, let's put it this way. In 1960, I believe that 90% of the visits to a practitioner, a general practitioner, were infectious disease, acute injury, childbirth. Today, 95% of all visits to a general practitioner are for an inflammation-related health disorder and autoimmune disease. Mm. Do you think there's any role play just in us having dealt with some of these other issues where childbirth is a lot safer now? Well, take the childbirth out of it. Yeah, well, first of all, yeah. We've solved some problems. Yeah, you've solved the problem, but childbirth isn't the issue here. The issue was... You still have the same childbirth issues. Women go to hospitals and they have their babies. Mm-hmm. In 1960, they did the same. <clears throat> and they may have improved the outcomes a little bit. But I mean, the rise in cesarean comes to mind. Yeah. Much, much safer but, method of but having the, a baby. But the inflammation-related health disorder is more like arthritis, mm-hmm. uh, lupus. Mm-hmm. MS is, uh, first of all, here's what inflammation is. You have an injury. You have a damaged cell. You have a pathogen. You have something going on in the body. And you have trillions of cells that are being sloughed off and replaced every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have to be replaced. Your blood cells, how often are they replaced? Everything gets replaced. Yeah, The immune system is what destroys these things. And yeah. Let's say you have a pathogen or a damaged cell, a neutrophil, the white blood cell, a neutrophil will come over and it will encapsulate that 
cell or that pathogen. Yeah. And then it releases reactive oxygen species, mm-hmm. hot electrically charged molecules. And those electrically charged molecules, and that's how I figured this out, they rip electrons because they're short of an electron. So they rip electrons from the pathogen or the damaged cell, and that's how the immune system destroys Okay, so it has it has a good use. The inflammation. Yeah, you do need some free radicals to actually. Well, no, that's how the that process works. The problem comes in in 1960. Humans started wearing rubber sole shoes. 1960, huh? Mm -hmm. Okay. In 1960, we started putting the shag green, orange carpets in our homes. Synthetic materials. Insulating our floors. Yeah. Today, all floors are pretty much insulated with something. And we sleep on foam beds now. Okay. We rarely, if ever, touch the earth. So our bodies are no longer naturally grounded. So what grounding means is that the earth is negative about 20 millivolts. Oh, interesting. So there is a slight negative uh, balance. Yeah, there's a slight negative charge. The only way that anybody would know the earth is electrical is if you see lightning. Because that's a discharge, electrical discharge. It shows mm-hmm. that there's an imbalance. Or, or if you have static electricity on your body and you go outdoors or touch something grounded, yeah, you, the electrons will come from that object to you and reduce that charge on your body. So <clears throat> anyhow, in 1960, before then, we were either barefoot or we wore leather sole shoes. And the leather sole shoes were such that you had to, uh, if it was raining out, you had to take them off and carry them mm. so they didn't get wet. If you ruined your shoes, you were in trouble. They're expensive and you may not get a new pair. Sure. (laughs) Anyhow, so, but barefoot was very common. Mm-hmm. Kids never went wore shoes. Yeah. In the summer, nobody's going to wear a shoe. That's, as soon as school's out, you ditch the shoes and you don't put them back on unless it's a wedding, church, or a funeral. So this is more more modern than I was even thinking. Like 1960 on is very, very modern. Yeah. That you're well, saying. Well, if you look at, if you'll hand me the book. Yeah, your lifetime. Well, I can show you the, just hand me one of the books and, I, and I'll show you that <clears throat> there's a chart in here that shows the growth of rubber sole shoes. Oh, I remember that. Right. And it was plotted against another chart showing inflammation related diseases. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, this is started in the 50s. And so this is when we invented and started putting rubber or synthetic materials on the soles of shoes. So over a period of 60 years or more, we now have almost 100% synthetic sole shoes. And where on this graph did you invent earthing? Should we expect then the graph to start going down as more people are earthing? Well, this is millions and 300 million people. Right. So it's going to take a long, long time before. You're going to have to really saturate the market with grounding. It takes 60 years or 100 years. Gotcha. Okay. So for example, I, I just looked this up to check the year. So Lou Gehrig gave his famous luckiest man speech in 1939, why would someone like him have Lou Gehrig's disease? Well, obviously he's Lou Gehrig, but you know, in 1939, what was he doing? His parents wrong? really fucked him but, over with that name. Well, he was wearing probably wearing shoes more as a baseball player and, and exercising, you know, to stay in shape. I, I don't really know for sure. Yeah. Okay, but, you know, it, it isn't just 1960. 1960. Those those is, diseases existed that's when before the then. CDC came out and started tracking diabetes. Okay. Sure. So you feel that all of these things started really spiking yes, because, from that time because on. because we started making the rubber sole shoes in the 50s and then 1960 time frame. That's when, I forget when Phil Knight, you know, took his waffle iron and... Ah, uh, yes, the Nike creator. Yeah. and, and But that's when it took off is with the athletic shoe. Because mm, before then, mm. everybody had dress shoes. Kids don't wear dress shoes today. Yeah. There's no such thing as a, as a leather dress shoe. Right. But the main problem here is, and it, it could go back to, to the 1800s, because a lot of people, especially the well-to-do, they wore shoes or they wore, you know, whatever. Even though they weren't rubber, they would be wearing 
more leather, and sometimes the leather's not a, a separation from the earth was beginning in yeah, the, one form or another. Yeah, the separation from the earth, you know, started, you know, when we started putting floors in our homes, which was a hundred and some years ago. Okay. I mean, before then we had dirt floors. And we certainly weren't free of health problems before that. No, but they were infectious diseases. They were, okay. And hunger and mal, you know, malnutrition and a whole bunch of other things. But what we're talking about here is degenerative health disorders. Okay. I see. Inflammation related. That's the epidemic that you see. Yeah. Sorry, fellas, I have to pause you there. It's me, Carrie from the future. Oh, hey, future Carrie. Hey, what's up? I just wanted to stop everything because I love talking Mm -hmm. about all this body stuff. And while we're talking about bodies, let's talk about boobs. I love them. I got them. They're great. Uh, Yes. Well, no, I don't know if I should agree with that. Um, <laughs> you can agree with that. And sometimes you like to splurge on your... Oh, nope, that's not what I mean. Sometimes you like to spend money on your boobs. Yes. I was going to say splurge on your boobs, but it, it doesn't sound uh, how I mean it. Right. So sometimes, I, though, <laughs> you want to spend some money on the parts of you that you appreciate. That's right. Like your boobs. There we go. So if you want to get a little treat for yourself, for me, sometimes that might be going and getting a slice of vegan chocolate cake or... Ooh. Getting a new third love bra. That is a great way to give yourself some TLC, mm-hmm. aka third love comfort. Oh, damn. Nice. I like it. That wasn't me. That was the ad copy. Oh, thing. yeah, I know. Well, I was well, just going along with it, but I, <laughs> I was going to attribute take credit. it to you. Okay. <laughs> I'm putting on your essentials. It should feel like indulging yourself every single day, okay? I said it. It's true. Every day when you put on your bra, you should be like, my God, I'm alive. It's a good way to start the day, at least. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And I really do love my third love bras when I see them you know when i'm like oh i got two or three bras to get yeah. out of the mm-hmm. pile which will be the one if that one's right there i'm picking that one it's comfortable it's pliable it breathes really well there's no tags mm-hmm. sticking out of my skin bah. and i've mentioned cara has some third love bras she loves them too she's got one that's kind of more your day-to-day getting business done kind of bra mm-hmm. and one that's more uh, fancy bra yeah, okay. Very nice. Both very nice. It's also really nice they have this like fit finder quiz thing that you can oh, do yeah. on their website. And they will give you good suggestions. Like it tweaked my size ever so slightly when oh, I, yeah. when, you know, it said, what size usually wear? And I put that in. And then it said, how does that fit? And then it said, okay, you know, what if we tried what I forget it. It was like one cup down, one band size up, or maybe the reverse. But let's mm-hmm. try that. That might feed a little better. And it ends up evening out to the same volume but right. it sounds like that might fit you better and it did ah uh, see it's it's worth taking that fit finder quiz and you might have some surprises exactly so listen get the level of fit and comfort you deserve with third love bras underwear sleep and loungewear <laughs> the simple fitting room quiz factors in size breast shape current fit issues and your personal style to find the perfect bras and underwear for you Third Love's team of expert fit stylists is available via chat or email to answer all your questions. You deserve some TLC. Again, that's Third Love Comfort. That is a Ross original. No. Don't let anyone tell you anything else. I wish I could take credit for it. (laughs) So go to thirdlove.com slash oh no right now to get 20% off your first purchase. 20%? That's thirdlove.com slash oh no. O-H-N-O for 20% off today. Woohoo! Woohoo! 
But before you go, Ross, yes, I have three more things to say. One is a quick word from my favorite website, Squarespace. Squarespace, is that where I can make my dream come true because my dream is just a great idea that doesn't have a website yet? <laughs> That's exactly right. But, but you can make said dream a reality by using squarespace.com. Look, Carrie, I'm demanding with my websites. Oh, I'm sure. Can Squarespace blog or publish content? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, what if I want to promote my physical or online business, huh? Oh, they could do that too. Okay, what if I want to announce an upcoming event or a special project? Okay, that's fine too. Goodness, do they have powerful e-commerce functionality? Yeah. Now you're just showing off. <laughs> what about beautiful templates created by world-class designers? Yes, I bet they don't yes, have that. Yes, of course they what? do. Come on. Oh. I mean, it's almost as if you're picking descriptions of squarespace.com and just saying they don't do that, do oh, they? Okay, well, can I use the old way of buying like three <laughs> extensions? <laughs> Guess if you want to, but even better, you can use a new way to buy over 200 extensions. Over 200? Yes, yes. This is amazing. Well, when can I call in for support, though? Do I have to wait Monday through Friday? No. Nine to five? They have 23-6 award-winning customer support. That's right. 23 hours a day, six days a week. Which days? Oh, I'm sorry. There's an update coming through on the wire. They turned it up to 24-7 award-winning customer support. That's all the hours and all the days. Exactly. Oh, my God. You've heard it here, folks. It is breaking news. Hey, well, we've told you before. You go to Squarespace. You try it out. You get in there. You use the tools. You start building your website. You can do all that without even paying a dime. Yeah. And then you realize, I like this. Let's put a ring on it. Exactly. It's a lot like dating. That is when you want to check out squarespace.com slash oh no for that free trial we were just talking about. And when you're ready to launch, Use the offer code ONO to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. But the third of four things that I wanted to say, Ross, is that I have a Jumbotron right here in this cookie jar. Clunk. That was the sound of opening a cookie jar. Sure, yeah. Clunk. I see it here. Let me unfurl it. It looks like this message is for Kira. Yes. And it's from Amanda. Oh, give that here. Let me take a look. Okay. It says... We appreciate a brief pause in case we need to pull over. Okay, yeah, go ahead and find a parking space. We'll stall for time while you get to the side of the road. Thank you so much. How did I pull you in? You are my special best friend, my conjuncts endura. You make everything bearable and most things wonderful. I'd love nothing more than to crawl around in the dirt and find all sorts of critters and critter markings with you forever. Will, Will you, you marry, marry me? me? <gasps> oh, this is exciting. Kira, Amanda wants to marry you. And you get to crawl around in the dirt together and be <laughs> earthed. Exactly. Yeah, you'll be grounded for life. This is perfect. Oh, my gosh. But grounded together, and that's the best kind of grounding. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. This is so exciting. I love when people propose on the show. Me too. And, you know, if you guys have kids or you just have your own place and you have like, I don't know, a lot of pets or whatever, take some pictures of your Ross and Carrie lives together and send them to us. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, I like these proposals. They're much better than being, say, 
struck by lightning. Oh, a thousand times better. Which, by the way, you asked people to write in. We have so far <laughs> received seven reports of lightning strikes. Yes. Most though, most from the strikees. Right. A few. A, a few from witnesses. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which those stories are necessarily sadder. Thanks for sharing your stories. Yikes. Yeah. Those are wild stories. Yeah. Wait a second. I think I see some more romance striking in the bottom of this cookie jar. Oh, okay. It's another Jumbotron. Oh, sweet. I got to put cookies in that thing, but okay. <laughs> it's to Sundra, and it's from Simon. Aw, what does Simon say? Simon says... <laughs> <laughs> it's a game. 25 years ago, we first danced to Wild is the Wind as husband and wife. I am so wildly fortunate to be the one who has spent the past quarter century flying away with you, hearing mandolins with you, and clinging like a leaf to a tree with you. You are spring to me, all things to me, and always will be. Happy anniversary, missus. Oh, Oh, that's beautiful. How wonderful. You know, I think one day, Kira... And Amanda are going to be like Sundra and Simon. Yeah, and Aww. our podcast has been around for 10 25ths of their relationship, which reduces to two-fifths, 40%. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? And I like to think that it just keeps getting better for them. I like to think that too. Correlation? Causation? Hmm. Who knows? Who's to say? The most important thing is that we took this beautiful moment and turned it into a math equation. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> Was that roughly what your vows were at your wedding? (laughs) (laughs) We have a a running joke at home. Cara describes this as depressing math with Ross. (laughs) If there's numbers to be crunched, they will be crunched. Well, congratulations to all of you Jumbotroners. That's pretty fantastic. That's wonderful. But let's return to Earth. Oh, yes. Okay, very good. So if inflammation is impossible while you're grounded... Couldn't athletes just do their sport barefoot and ensure that they won't get injured? Well, yeah, a lot of them. I mean, there are athletes out there that do go barefoot. Like, and I mean, would that would that completely ensure, though? Like, you, would it be impossible for me to fall down and break my hands with this like, grounding pad on it? No, the, the, the only thing we're talking about, it's like in 204 when um, Ritger and the boys back at Boston Mass came out. And 204 said, meaning the year 2004? Yeah, it was 2004 when they came out. And in Time Magazine, there's a cover and there's a body on fire and the words, you know, the word inflammation across mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. That's when they announced that you don't have cancer. You don't have all these, all these named health disorders. What you have is chronic inflammation. Right. And, and that inflammation will manifest differently, attack different organs or different body differently than because this person is an alcoholic or this person smokes or this person is overweight or this person, you know, works in a toxic factory or, you know, their living environment and then what they eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are contributors also. But it sounds like, you know, earthing is a really quick fix for that. So like I was just watching a bunch of clips of the national gymnastics yesterday, like Simone Biles doing her amazing thing. And they were talking about another, I was thinking about this other gymnast. They were mentioning that she's been dealing with an ankle problem. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that be something that would be helped or maybe immediately fixed by contact with grounding? Why, Why aren't coaches using that? Well, we have a lot of athletes, a lot of the, you know, the elite athletes that use grounding. And then is there is there inflammation at zero percent after that? Well, the main thing with athletes is they have to recover. 
sure. every day. So mm-hmm. when, especially during spring training or whatever, they're out there, they're out of shape. So they got to get back in shape. So when you're exercising, you're creating inflammation in your body. Mm-hmm. Sure. So at night <clears throat> and Tour de France, all of those, we have grounded so many of these high profiles. Are there, are there any athletes you can name who are big proponents of earthing? Well, I think uh, I think Aaron Rodgers has said publicly in Sports Illustrated, he's okay. all about grounding. Tom Brady. Uh, oh, wow. You know, all these people are mentioned it here and there okay. or, or use grounding or they go barefoot. To after working out to get the stress out of their bodies or to get grounded barefoot before they play the game, before they go into action because, again, to drain the bodies and recharge the body with that negative 20 millivolt negative surface charge of the earth. Okay, let me let me put this a different way, though, because I don't know that I'm getting okay. an exact answer to what I'm asking. If I hurt my hands right now, how, how fast do you think it would stop hurting since I've got this pad on my hand? <clears throat> okay, let's put it this way. If, if your body is grounded, and mm-hmm. grounded means... And it is, right? Yeah, and grounded means that your body is at earth potential. That means that your 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 body is negative 20 millivolts of charge. Right. So that means you have a lot an abundance of free electrons mm-hmm. that can quickly move and reduce charge. Mm-hmm. Okay, throughout all time from the first amoeba that ever crawled out of the wherever mm-hmm. they were grounded, they were naturally grounded. They were always had negative charge. Mm-hmm. That's why we never had inflammation throughout all of evolution. Okay. Chronic inflammation does not exist in the wild animal. You Understood. do have cancer of animals uh, where they have, where their environment has been contaminated and destroyed by humans. But the National Wildlife Center in Madison, Wisconsin, I think they did a study where they had over or over a period of years where they handled over a hundred thousand wild animals. Yeah. And had 11, like eleven cases of cancer. Wow. Not okay. not okay. a lot. Okay, but, so, but I think what we're asking though is how, how quick is the effect? Okay, the, 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 well, the, yeah. first of all, so the, wait, I just want to repeat the, what I the, said. If I if I hurt my hand right now, okay. how fast do you think the pain would go away? Okay, so what I'm, what I'm getting to is, okay, if you are grounded barefoot on the earth, uh huh, you go over there and kick your toe against the, the toe and, and whatever, or twist the ankle or whatever. Yeah. Normally, it would sit there and swell up, and you'd have to have ice, and you'd have all. Right. But if you're grounded and stayed grounded throughout that process, the pain would be about ninety percent less. Okay. Within and it would say because you have two kinds of pain. Ninety percent yeah. less within what? Immediately time or within Immediate, ten minutes? Immediately. immediately. Yeah, because what you have two kinds of pain. You have the oxidative pain. Let's say you have a, a lesion or a cut where there's uh, and it stings and it burns. Yeah. Well, that sting and the burn, that's neutrophils going over there that are you know absorbing the damaged tissue, resolving, ripping the electrons and destroying them. But in the process, there's remaining reactive. There's leftover remaining reactive oxygen species okay because there's not enough free electrons in the body because mm-hmm. you're no longer naturally grounded right the body has to dissolve bone in order to get you enough free electrons so now we need to resolve those and grounding does it immediately or yeah, so if over you're, time if you're grounded it doesn't occur but if you it won't, okay. in the first place it, it won't, won't occur in the first place so am i fully grounded by being plugged in like this you are right now so okay nope hurts quite a bit <laughs> Yeah, no, that hurts a lot. So, so what should I expect to be different? If I were to take a knife and cut your finger, you think it would hurt a lot? It would only it, hurt at ten percent of no, what it, it usually would sting. does. It so would you have burn. a knife? No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> okay, so what I'm trying to to how do I bring this home? Yeah. Yeah, I got a real red um, hand here. Carrie is now smarting. So, the main thing is you have two kinds. If your body is flooded with free electrons, mm-hmm. you do not have that oxidative stress. Okay. That hot burning pain. 
Okay. The ones you have to take the Vicodin for. Mm-hmm. If you go to the dentist and he gives you a Vicodin, you don't have to take it. If you just go home and put the spatula on your, on your jaw for a few minutes, and if you're just five minutes, the, you'll feel that cooling sensation, and the pain just goes away. Mm-hmm. Then you unplug, and 15, 15 oh. minutes, it comes back. Then you okay. go plug back in. Speaking of which, do you feel plugged in right now? I think so. Okay. But, but the point is, if you have arthritis, if you have lupus, if you have a chronic health disorder where you have chronic pain, phantom pain, like fibromyalgia, mm-hmm. all of these things, if you, have, if you get grounded and stay grounded, no, they go away. Okay. You can, it's like, for instance, uh, MS. And, and I've been working with ladies with MS for years. There's one of them in the movie, Melanie. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I remember that and person. Yeah. <clears throat> Melanie's a typical lady with MS. I, there's another side of MS, but that's irrelevant. What we're talking about right here is what MS is, is it's neutrophils eating up the myelin sheath because there's not enough free electrons in the body to dampen that and prevent that from happening. Okay. But if you put this patch on them, that stops almost instantly. The nerve damage? Yeah. Okay. The neutrophil eating up the myelin sheath because now those excess reactive oxygen are being neutralized, reduced so, by Earth's free electrons. And so as soon as you, if you have MS and you get patched, you don't have MS the minute you get patched. It doesn't get worse. No, it stops. And then the body, once the body puts the fire and reduces all the inflammation in your body, then the immune system can go back to returning the body to normal because that's the only thing it knows to do. Start repairing. Mm. Okay. Okay. Now, you know, we've got so many doctors in the world who care about healing people. Clearly, this is being underutilized based on what you're saying. Why do you think that's the case? Do you think that there's just not enough studies to support it or doctors aren't aware or are they trying to, is there a profit motive? Why do you think this isn't used more? Because from what you're saying, this is this is a miracle. It's not a miracle. It's nature. Okay. And, and, you know, this is this is pure nature. I mean, but this is a big deal. This, this has big yeah, consequences. This, this cord and these grounding things, they do nothing in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. The only right. thing they are is an electrical cord that connects you to the earth. But clearly they're being underutilized if we have so many people still with these conditions. Yeah. Yes. Oh, to put it another way, it's the most important health discovery well, ever. It, it, it is because <laughs> it reduces inflammation, which is right. the number one yeah, problem so, in the world today. So why do you think this And the second has, one is it's spread. free. Oh, so so you think no one really wants to look into this because how are they going to make money off of it? Well, I can tell you a couple of short stories, and I'm not picking. I have my uh, my oldest daughter's son-in-law is the head of the radiology department in Minnesota for the Mankato. I mean, for um, what's the big? <laughs> geez, the Mankato Mayo is Clinic? one of yeah, them. Mayo Clinics. Oh, Mayo Clinic. Yeah, uh, yeah, Mayo Clinics. My mom is there right now. Okay. Oh, okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Not cool. But um, no, she's okay. <laughs> Thank but, you. But anyhow. Cool that uh, she's being taken care of, yes, not that indeed. she needs. But anyhow, uh, I remember, you know, I don't want to get off on stories. But anyhow, so I, I have a pretty good background in medical and working with doctors. I've worked with doctors for over 20 years. I guarantee you I've read many more papers than any doctor I've ever met. Okay. 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 Uh, because they don't have time to do it. They, uh, the only thing they have time to do is go make a living. Yeah, sure. clinicians. Yeah, and, definitely. And, um, it's a lot of work. Just a few weeks ago, I was working with a group of people and there was a few new docs, young docs. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, nobody ever taught us this. We don't know this. We don't understand this because nobody ever taught us this. Mm. And so you can go down to UCI and say, okay, who, who's teaching down there? Okay. The teachers are primarily... Isn't, see, there's isn't Sinatra, isn't he at uh, UCI or is that a different... Uh, no, Steven Sinatra? Yeah. He's a cardiologist. At, at, at UCI? UCI? No, no, he's from Connecticut. I, I think someone you mentioned was at UCI, someone uh, in the book. Uh, let's see, Gaetan Chevalier was. Oh, that, that's it, okay. Yeah. But the point was, 
So you go down there and, you know, here's the Merck building, here's the J&J, and here's whatever and all, and on the university campus. So the universities are... You feel like they're owned by all of these... Well, it's a closed system. Okay. And it has to be because the world is, is doubling in population every 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. You know what it's like to try to educate the public and get compliance for mm. anything. Well, anything. what you're suggesting is a huge tragedy that there's this... Well, it is. But I, I think there's something going to happen. But I'll just tell you a quick story. And again, I, I totally uh, understand the medical industry and I understand the business yeah. that it is. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not picking on any. But anyhow, take a youngster. He goes to school. He gets, uh, you know, 12 years of med school. I hope your bruise is good. Yeah, how's your hand doing? Okay. It is a little red. I do think there's some inflammation going on. Okay. Well, you're grounded, so. <laughs> okay. But anyway, <clears throat> so he goes to school and then he gets married and he has a kid or two. And then he gets to, uh, starts a practice, and so you know, there's a lot of debt. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, huge, yeah. Huge amount of debt. Tens of thousands of dollars, sometimes hundreds, hundreds of thousands. Yeah. Right. And so the first thing he does is uh, he starts up a practice, and, and then usually a group of them get together and form a practice to make it easier. But anyhow, I have a group of docs that are friends down in, let's say, so, Southern California. They buy a lot of our stuff wholesale. And I ask him, what do you do with this? And he says, well, we, we have to use it ourselves to stay off the hypertension meds and stuff you know, oh, and right. keep, keep everybody healthy and their families and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to order some more stuff. And I said, oh, I, I want to drop it off. I'd just like to meet you just for the heck of it. And so I went a week later, I went by and stopped and dropped off some stuff for him. And I asked him, I said, well, how come you don't recommend this to your clients? Yeah. And he said, I could never do that. Why not? Look at that door over there. Every time a new client patient walks through that door, they're worth as much as $10,000 to me just in running tests. Okay. So there's a profit motive. So That's and, what you're saying. And is. if I don't give him script or get to do something, then they're going to go to somebody else. Mm-hmm. So I have to... Unless they get better, right? Okay. I'm talking about cardiologists. Yeah. Oh, I got you. Okay. Okay. So, uh, I mean, that suggests, though, that the average cardiologist wants their patient sick. No. I don't think anybody wants anybody sick. I think what it is is they make money off that way. So they can't just come in and say, hey, I'm going to get you grounded. All you do is take this home and get grounded, and it's really going to help you. They can't do that because now he's got all this overhead. He's married to a wife that's married to a doctor, lives like a doctor's wife, lives in a house, cars, keeping the whole process going. So there's a vicious cycle, and there's no way out. They're in a trap. Okay. Yeah. They've been taught what they know. They know what they were taught. The, you have the AMA, you have you know all of the regulation, everything that goes in medical. You cannot just do something off the wall, even though it looks great, it even works. You can't There's liability. You have liability insurance. You have all of these issues. You can't just go into a hospital. We have lots of people who go around in hospitals, but but it's you're not going to go and get anybody to do anything. That's and, first of all, it's the doctors doing it. So your way to fight this system is from the <laughs> the ground up um, by by hoping just this catches on in the populace. Yeah, I, I'm not fighting anybody at all ever. Uh, I'm just trying to educate. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but our customer is, I would say, ninety five percent female, thirty five to fifty five. Oh, Holla. wow, interesting. Okay. Hey, yeah, you're right in there. the demographic. Okay. Yeah, we have men do not buy our product. I bought that product. Okay, but you bought it for a different reason. Oh, okay. But generally speaking, men do not buy the product. They okay. want to go reinvent and do it themselves. Well, I know about grounding. I mean, I, oh, sure. Yeah, they wave their arms up there. I, I don't do, use a map. I can do that. They get yeah. struck by lightning. It's a big mess. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they actually don't most lightning strikes are. I think men are, are men. more commonly that makes sense. Yeah, they struck are. by yeah. lightning. Yeah. But anyhow, We're inside it's, in the kitchen. <laughs> 
So anyhow, this business grew from nothing over, you know, 10 years ago, maybe a little. Well, you've, back. you've got a big building here. How long have you been in this building? Five years. Here in Palm Springs. Five years. Yeah. And and what, what's your staff says? I know right now we're coming out of a pandemic. Uh, we, our our we, sales doubled last year. We've met you and Olivia. But how many people do you have working here normally? In this this particular building, yeah. we have a, associated with this operation a dozen to you know, 12 to 14, depending on uh, if we get backlogs. Okay. Because you know, we're in a business park, and usually you have businesses sharing buildings with others. This is all for earthing, right? This mm-hmm. How, how many square feet here? Uh, 30 thousand square feet wow. damn dude and we ship overseas but anyhow the main thing our customer is this 35 to 55 year old and this woman in this range yes. she is taking care Beautiful. of her kids yeah. oh okay. which is a problem and <laughs> many of them are taking care of their kids alone yeah oh yeah many of them a large percentage of already have one on the spectrum mm. oh okay mm. Interesting. Okay. Uh, and, and, and you feel that's maybe related to some of these issues we've had since, you know, the rubber soles in the 60s? Of course it is. I mean, it's inflammation. I mean, it's, autism, is, autism is an inflammation-related health disorder. Quick aside, how do you feel about the Beatles album, Rubber Soul? I don't remember. Oh, okay. It was <laughs> it was in 65, I think, and oh, yeah. it's called yeah. Rubber Soul. It's one of, yeah. one of my favorites. Anyway. It's good. Oh, I'd have to go back and... Yeah. Norwegian wood, uh, Michelle. Sorry, <laughs> continue. You were telling. <laughs> Anyhow, so this same woman is also taking care of her mother, okay. who is 55, 60 or older. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't do anything unless the doctor's, she's on a half a dozen or more drugs. Someone who's really concerned about a lot of people in their lives, young yeah, and old. Yeah, really, the central caregiver. Yeah, this, she is the caregiver of the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not only that, she's developed an autoimmune disease. Almost all women have chronic pain. If you have chronic pain in your body, you have inflammation in your body. Pain is a byproduct of inflammation. You can't have pain if there's no inflammation. Hmm. It's not possible. My wife has psoriatic arthritis. That's inflammation. I get migraines. Well, that's blood. I mean, it's inflammation related. Okay. I, I was curious. Animals don't have those things, okay? <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I've never been one. Um, no, but I mean, just you talk to a vet. Well, my, I mean, my dog has a pain problem in her back. Okay. That's the point I'm getting at. Yeah. Animals who live out in the wild, they have none of these modern health disorders. The animals who live indoors with their owners manifest the same health disorders as their owners. Well, so, okay. I'm buying in, that halfway. But I'm kind of uniquely positioned to be able to sort of test that in my memory because I used to work at an animal sanctuary where all the animals were outdoors all the time. Mm-hmm. And we lost, especially pigs, who are the most biologically similar to humans, mm-hmm. we lost them to inflammation-related disease all the time. I mean, they would get bacterial infections that travel up the spine and just they had to be euthanized. There was nothing to do for well, that's them. that's an infectious disease. Right. That's not inflammation. Okay. Well, they were definitely inflamed. I mean, there was, you know, because they'd have like the buildup and the uh, sepsis were they, were around they on, their spines. Were they, were they on pastured animals or, or right, what? A concrete. Oh, they were on like rich topsoil and then they would go into a lake. And yeah, no, they were, they were very outdoors. I, I just know that by and large, animals in the wild do mm-hmm. not experience the same health disorders. Okay. Just big picture. Yeah. Okay. So, as we mentioned earlier, we do have more of this interview. Yes, yes. We're, we're cutting it off around the middle, so there's more to come. Yep. And I bet you're wondering, is Carrie's hand okay? Yeah. No, uh- your, your hand is... <laughs> 
pretty swollen Carrie's got ice around it this now. This is a couple hours later now and I'm holding up my hand for us to yeah, see. It's that loud sound you heard was Carrie just slamming her hand, hand into the repeatedly into the into table. The edge of the table. Because he kept saying there can be no inflammation there you're grounded. No, it felt like he was daring me. It's she like was, so if I if I having this thing on my hand hurt myself, no inflammation. And he she, got enough warnings. Yeah. But I got to say, though, locking eyes with someone and banging your hand into a table repeatedly, one of the rare joys in life. Okay, Gary. Well, let me lock eyes with you and by all means, feel free oh, to Oh, no. Slam I your- already done did it if you want to do it. Oh, it's just now- I, I didn't want to rob you of any joy. <laughs> I mean, what was great about it was really watching shock overtake a human. <laughs> just how is this happening right now? Whoa, she's crazy. She's crazy. Yeah. So that's what happened there in case you were curious about what exactly happened. But as the interview continues in our next episode, you'll hear the continued progress on Carrie's hand. Yes. Also, we've left a little bit of a cliffhanger here with the trial that we've set up, this yeah. single-blinded test of Clint where I knew whether he was plugged in or not to the outlet so i'll describe this a little bit i was on one side of the table away from clint and you were sort of at the head of the table mm-hmm, the where, daddy. where you would say grace mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if there was grace was to the be daddy said of the table you were the daddy i had brought a little piece of cardboard that i could fold and put in front of the outlet and as you heard he was game to try the test out. Yeah. And I had overthought this in advance. How will I gently lead him into it? I was impressed how quickly you went into it. Just like, this is a thing we're doing. This is part of the recording. And, All right, we're doing it right now. And he now. was down for it. He was yeah. a willing participant. Cool. Yeah, sure, let's try this out. So I would flip a coin. I had a penny. And then wherever it would land on the floor, if it was heads, that would mean he was plugged in. Okay. If it was tails, it would mean he was not plugged in. Meaning that you would see the heads and say, okay, I'm going to plug it in. Or you'd see the tails and you'd say, I'm going to unplug it. Right. Or leave it. So single-blinded because I knew Mm -hmm. whether he was plugged in or not. He did not know. And then we would let him, as you've heard so far, sit for a while and then we'd check in. Okay, have you felt grounded over the past few minutes or not? Yeah. Um, And then he'd make his guess. You'd record that and compare it. At this point in the interview, we've heard a few of these trials, but we we kept going for eight. So uh, we'll see how he he does in the end. There was a fun pattern happening with the coin flips, but I won't mention it yet. I'll let (laughs) let you wait to see what's happening. Is he correct? Because he sounded pretty confident there, whether he was grounded or or not you'll find out you'll find out i already know <laughs> and there's some more really fun reveals in the second half of this interview i don't know if they're all fun there they're, are reveals there are reveals that's right <laughs> reveals are coming i think they're interesting the other rubber sold shoe will drop so yeah we're excited to come back to you next week with the second half of our clint ober interview our overview, our overview. <laughs> i also just want to mention real quick jumping ahead a little at the end of our interview he would offer me a mattress pad, a grounding mattress pad uh, to put on my bed uh, and use with Drew because I had mentioned that Drew has cerebral palsy and Clint said, oh, use this for a week and see if that improves this thing that (laughs) Drew's had for 30 odd years. This gives you a week. Yes, this (laughs) gives 
That's what he said. Use it for a week. So okay. figured I'd mention it now so you guys can picture me and Drew laying on this thing. And then when we come back next week to hear the second part of the interview, I'll let you know how it's been going. Excellent. Okay. Well, I'm excited that you got to hear this part and uh, I'm excited for you to hear the next part as well. Uh, but that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. This episode was edited by Ross Blotcher. You can support us by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. Thank you to all of you who joined during our most recent Maximum Fun pledge drive. It's not too late, though. If you're like, oh, shoot, I wanted to uh, sign up, you still can. We need money for gadgets and drives to Palm Springs. Also, you can support us by telling a friend, leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you get this fine podcast if it accepts reviews. Yes. If don't not, just write an email to whoever owns that particular platform. They don't need it. Actually, you know what? Go ahead. Hey, since you have not given me a place to leave positive reviews. <laughs> I'm letting you know about my favorite Here's podcast. how you're going to suffer. <laughs> you can also follow us on social media. We're at Ono Podcast on Twitter. And on Facebook, we're at Facebook.com slash OnRack, O-N-R-A-C. And hey, Facebook just banned Trump for another two years. That's oh, good. wow. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Oh, I'm ambivalent about what should happen with those things. But for my sanity, that's good. Yeah. They determined he was still a danger. So okay. they will reassess in a couple of years. Okay. Very well. I mean, I like it. Yeah. Can't say I don't like it. Yeah, it is complicated. And by the way, we'll also post that video of the tour through the warehouse. Oh, yeah. So I'll put that on our YouTube at the very least. Since it's seven minutes long, we'll we'll see where all can handle it. But at least check our YouTube. Sounds good. That is the Oh No, Ross and Carrie channel. We try very hard to make sure that all of our various social medias do not have the same handles. (laughs) (laughs) It's really important to us. Variety is the spice of life, as they say. If it's not Baroque... Don't, Don't fix, fix it. it. <laughs> and remember, copyright Ross Blotcher 2021. I didn't do it. TLC is third love comfort. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you like movies? What about coming up with movie ideas over the course of an hour? Because that's what we do every week on Story Break, a writer's room podcast where three Hollywood professionals have an hour to come up with a pitch for a movie or TV show based off of totally zany prompts. Like that time we reimagined Star Wars based on our phone's autocomplete. Luke Skywalker is a family man and it's Star Wars, but it's a good idea. (laughs) How about that time we broke the story of a bunch of Disney Channel original movies based solely on the title and the poster? Okay, Sarah Hyland is a 50-foot woman. Let's just go with it, guys. Or the time we finally cracked the Adobe Photoshop feature film. Stamp tool is your Woody, and then the autofill is the new Buzz Lightyear. (laughs) Join us as we have a good time imagining all the movies Hollywood is too cowardly to make. Story Break comes out every Thursday on Maximum Fun. I don't know why I'm using this voice now. Does our podcast deep dive into the weirdest Wikipedia pages we can find? Yes. Do we learn about scam artists, remote islands, horrible mascots, beautiful diseases, and mythical monsters? Yes, 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 absolutely, and yes. Do we retain any of this knowledge? Eh, Probably not. I'm Emily Heller. I'm Lisa Hannawalt. We make art and comedy and TV shows and also the podcast Baby Geniuses. For the past eight years, we've been trying to learn new things about the world and each other every episode. But let's be honest, this podcast is mostly about two friends hanging out, shooting the breeze, and making each other laugh. We're horny, we like gardening and horses, and we get real stupid on here. But like, in a smart way. Yeah. Join us every other week on Maximum Fun. Baby Geniuses, tell us something we don't know. 
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.